there was a man who had four sons and he wanted his sons to learn a lesson about life. So he sent them each on a quest, in turn, to go and look at a pear tree that was a great distance away. The first son went in winter, the second in spring, a third in summer, and the fourth son in the fall. And when they'd all gone and come back, he called them together to describe what they'd seen. The first son said that the tree was ugly, bent, and twisted. The second son said, no, it was covered with green buds and full of promise. Well, the third son disagreed. He said it was laden with blossoms that smelled so sweet and it looked so beautiful that it was the most graceful thing he'd ever seen. The last son disagreed with all of them. He said it was ripe and drooping with fruit, full of life and fulfillment. Well, they were all correct, weren't they? But when, when we only focus on one season, we miss the bigger picture of the cycle of life that needs winter and, and fall and summer and spring. Life never stays still. Seasons come and go. And so over the next few weeks, I want to reflect on seasons with you, particularly the season that we're coming out of as a church, a season of COVID and church closure and all the complications that we've been dealing with for 18 months or three or four years, depending on how long you've been with us. But I also want to focus on the season that we're heading into, a season of reopening and replanting and returning, a new season, one that's full of hope like the pear tree. So why don't you stick around and we'll find out what the Bible says about seasons in just a moment. Well, good morning and welcome to Yonville Community Church. My name is Dan Bidwell, Senior Pastor here. Uh, it is so good to have you with us, uh, wherever you're watching or listening from. We pray these precious moments that we spend together today will help you to be connected with God and to stay connected with our church family. Uh, so if you are watching or listening today, consider yourself one of us, uh, whether it's your first time or, or your hundredth time here at Yonville Community Church. Uh, we would love to know that you've been with us. And the best way to do that is to head to our website. That's right here, yontvillechurch.org, and fill out a Connect card. Let us know what God has been teaching you, where you're up to on the journey, and how we can pray for you. Well, we are entering an exciting new season here at Yontville Community Church. We are finally on the countdown to reopening our historic chapel and theatre right here in Yontville. Uh, the construction fences came down this week. It was actually such a happy moment for me. I've never seen the church without the fences up. Uh, but we still need to tie up a few loose ends before we get back into the church for our first uh, Sunday service on August 22 at 10 a.m. Uh, we would love to see you there. Uh, we'd love to see you there the first Sunday and, of course, every Sunday afterwards. Uh, we'll also be continuing online for those who are further away or not yet ready to come back in person. But for all the details, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Uh, it comes by email, um, and that will keep you informed of everything that's going on in the life of the church. Uh, finally, for those of you who support the church financially, thank you. Uh, thank you for helping us to keep sharing the hope of Jesus in the Napa Valley and beyond all through this strange period. I'm so grateful for your partnership in that way. 
but our footprint is going to continue to expand as our physical church reopens, as we invite new people onto campus, as we introduce Jesus through Sunday services and midweek groups and special guest events. And all of that takes time and financial commitment. So please consider giving to the ministry here as we continue with our mission to share the hope of Jesus in the Napa Valley and beyond. You can find details for how to give on the Give tab of our website and the address is just down here. But for now, it's time to turn our attention to God's Word. So why don't we pray that God would speak as we open the Bible together. Our Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good gifts. We thank you for all our blessings, especially the blessing of knowing Jesus and salvation. As we open your word now, would you give us ears to hear and hearts that are soft to hear your message? And would you equip us to live as your people in the world in this strange season to the glory of Jesus? Amen. This morning we are starting a little series that will take us up to the reopening of church. Uh, as I said, I'm calling this series Returning, uh, because we're all returning to some semblance of normal life after the disruptions of 2020. Uh, schools are returning, colleges are returning, sport is returning, social life is returning. And of course, as a church, we are returning uh, to our church building after almost three years of closure. And uh, out of that three years, the last 73 weeks have been online church only. Uh, so I'm looking forward to returning, and I hope you are too. But returning is not always as easy as it sounds. Life never goes back to exactly the way it used to be. And so this series is designed to help us return to church and the community and life amidst the challenges of a global pandemic and to return with an attitude that sets us up to succeed. So our first talk comes from a very famous part of the Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's a poem that reminds us of the rhythms of life, the seasons of life, and the inevitability of change. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 to 8. There is a season for everything, says the teacher, which is what Ecclesiastes means. It means teacher. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the sun. Uh, under the heavens, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. I was reminded of this as I went out to water my quince trees the other day. Uh, last summer, all the fruit dropped off my quince tree before it ripened. 
Uh, the sun was too hot and uh, I didn't water it enough. Uh, so I fertilized and I pruned it in the fall and then all winter long I waited for the first buds of spring and then the blossoms and for the fruit to set. And this summer I've kept the water up to it and the branches are drooping with heavy fruit. Uh, they're ready for me to make quince paste as soon as they are ripe enough. Gardening teaches us a lot about the seasons and the cycle that God has built into our universe. The sun rises and the sun sets, the seasons change, children grow up. We even get older ourselves as much as we find it hard to admit. And that is life under the sun, as we learn from the rest of the book of Ecclesiastes. So the first idea that we need to grasp as we think about returning to church is that this season is just one of many. This season too will come and go, and five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years down the track, who knows what life will look like, what church will look like, what ministry will look like. None of us can predict that. But like the quince, we can expect to see fruit if we keep pruning and fertilizing and tending to the garden that the Lord has given us to look after. So that's the first big idea. This is just one season. And we know that this season will give way to the next because every season changes. That's how God has ordained the world. The second big idea comes from verses 2 to 4. And it's the idea that even though we understand about seasons and we, we understand about change, some of life's seasons are very difficult. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 to 2. The teacher begins by reminding us that we are mortal. Our lives have a beginning and an end. We are born and one day we will all die. And that truth punctuates our seasons, whether it's the joy of a new child born into the family or the death of a loved one. We all giggled about the new baby boom that was expected as a result of the COVID lockdown last year. Turned out not to be so much of a boom as a bust. At the same time, more than half a million US families mourned the loss of a loved one as a result of the virus. There's an ancient prayer that says, in the midst of life, we are in death. Life is always mixed. In the same week, we might experience happiness and sadness, delight and disappointment, a jubilation and frustration. And the teacher acknowledges this. He says there's a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 2 to 4. As we return to life after COVID, we shouldn't be surprised if we feel mixed emotions. We've spent the last year or so experiencing a global health phenomenon of a kind that's barely been seen in human history. Uh, I took medieval history as one of my college minors, and I remember studying the, the bubonic plague of the 13th century, and it seemed crazy to me at the time. And well, we've now lived through something similar. We've lived through a trauma that will take years for us to work through as a society. Uh, some of us might feel ready to bounce back to life as we knew it, but that's not true for others. And even if we wanted to pretend like nothing has changed, well, COVID is a world-changing event in the way that 9-11 was a world-changing event. This virus is now burned into the global conscience 
and it'll continue to feature in public life, at least for the foreseeable future. So that's where a one area where we'll all have mixed emotions and we need to be okay with however others are feeling. Uh, the teacher says there is a time to heal. It's going to take a lot of healing for the world to move past this trauma. And it will take a lot of patience as that healing process takes place. And closer to home as we return to Yontville Community Church, we shouldn't be surprised to feel mixed emotions too. The teacher says there is a time to tear down and a time to build. Well, to rebuild our historic church building, it necessitated tearing down some of what was there before. Uh, the leaky roof, the rotting foundations, and the shaky walls, they all had to be replaced to secure the building from falling down in the next earthquake. But in the tearing down, we inevitably tear down memories and the places where special moments happened. Uh, rebuilding births something new and beautiful with all kinds of possibilities but it also brings death to some of what used to be. And so as we return to our beautifully renovated building, I want to acknowledge those of you who will miss what it used to be, and those of you who mourn for what is lost, even as you rejoice with us in what God will do in the new space. Towards the end of the Old Testament, God's people found themselves taken into captivity by the Babylonians. They were removed from their homeland and made to live in a foreign nation for 70 years and part of their pain was being taken away from the temple in Jerusalem at the place where God made his home among his people perhaps even greater was the pain of seeing the temple destroyed and raised to the ground and so for 70 years God's people were separated from their homeland separated from their God it was a season of separation that lasted a lifetime for most but finally, the Persian Empire conquered the Babylonians and the uh, emperor decreed that God's people should be returned to Israel. And so you can imagine the joy they must have felt at returning. And they were joyous. But the return was also difficult for those who remembered what it was like before. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple, they wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. Ezra chapter 3 verses 10 to 13. Well, brothers and sisters, there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And I imagine we'll be doing a lot of both as we return to our church family in the next little while, celebrating our reunion and remembering those who aren't with us anymore, are rejoicing over new beginnings, even as we bear the costs of change. We shouldn't be surprised if returning makes us feel mixed emotions. Well, the third big idea I want us to take away is this. As we stand on the verge of returning, take the opportunity to stop and evaluate. Evaluate everything before you jump right back into what your life was like before. It was verse 5 that got me thinking about this. In verse 5, the teacher says that there is a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 5. When I first arrived in Yontville, I noticed 
one of the vineyards just north of town, it had this huge pile of rocks at the corner of their property uh, along the Silverado Trail, this massive pile of rocks. And over the last two years, I've watched as the stonemasons have fitted those rocks together into the most beautiful stone wall. Uh, they're still working on it, but it's a work of art. But when the teacher says there is a time to gather stones and a time to scatter, I think he's referring to the way that the same product can either be a blessing or a curse. If you want to sow crops in a field, well, stones are a curse. You need to dig up all the stones before and move them out of the way before you plough. And then you're left with a big pile of stones. So what do you do with them? All these stones that you've gathered. Well, you use them to build a fence or a house or a well. The same product can be either a blessing or a curse, depending on where you find it and what you need at the time. So bring that back to us. The teacher is asking us to look at the stones in our life and to discern whether it's time to gather or a time to scatter. So look at the things that fill your life, the things that take up your energy, the things that demand your attention. Some of them are good things and some of them aren't good for you. Some of them are things that you did before COVID and, and you weren't able to do them for a time. Other things might be activities you started during COVID and they're things that you want to keep going in your life. And there are probably some other things again that you would like to do in life, but you've never been able to fit them in before. Can I say, now is the time to stop and to evaluate so that you can be proactive about what you do with the next season of your life. Many of us have experienced a shift in what was normal over the last 18 months. And that break from the treadmill, what's given us a new perspective and has presented us with new opportunities, new ways of seeing work and family and leisure. Do you really want to let that go and, and head straight back into the old patterns, especially if those were unhealthy patterns? Now is the time to evaluate everything. There is a time to keep and a time to throw away, the teacher says. Well, there's a particular point of application for us uh, that I think we need to make as we stand on the cusp of returning to weekly in-person church services after a really long time apart. And that's to ask yourself, what part will the church family play in the next season of your life? See, church at home has been kind of fun. In my family, we watch church every Sunday from the comfort of, my, uh, of our couch just here. Uh, usually we're eating waffles and drinking coffee. It's pretty great. But you know what? I really miss seeing each of you and sharing life's triumphs and losses as you navigate every season. I miss conversation over coffee. And most of all, I miss sharing the Bible and discussing it with you in person and praying together and watching you grow as Christians. Because that's my job, to make disciples of every one of us. And that's not a one-way street. I need to see you and talk to you and interact with you and laugh with you and mourn with you. We can do that online, but wow, it takes a lot of effort. Uh, we can do it in person, and that also takes a lot of effort and commitment to turn up and be part of the family, to be vulnerable, to be real, but to share yourself. That's what families do, and church is family. So a particular challenge as you evaluate everything is to evaluate what part you want church to play in the next season of your life. God has saved us into the church. He's given us one another for our mutual encouragement. 
A church is a body, as we saw weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and a body needs all of its parts. So what value will you put on church as we look to returning? And that brings me to the last big idea from the text today, which is to embrace whatever comes next. The poem began by reminding us that the seasons of life continue unrelentingly, despite our best laid plans. And every season brings mixed fortunes. That's just part of life this side of Eden. Life lived under the curse of sin and death. But the story of the Bible is that sin and death won't always get the last word. We won't always live under the curse of sin and death because Jesus died to set us free from sin and to open the way to eternal life for all who pin their hopes on him. And what that means is that we are not just victims of the relentless march of time. Life is not just made up of wins and losses and then you die. That would make life meaningless, as the teacher so famously says throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. It would be meaningless if all of our experiences were just the product of random selection. But that's not the case at all, says the teacher, because our lives are not random. We might struggle to see the meaning of it, but that's because our vision is too limited. Like the boys who saw the pear tree at just one time of year, we only have a very limited understanding of what God is doing in our lives and why things are the way they are right now. But God knows what he's doing and he knows what's coming next for you and how all of the seemingly random occurrences of your life, he knows how they fit into the tapestry that he's weaving with all of the fabric of the universe as he weaves your story into the story that he's writing for all eternity. The teacher says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. And yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. God makes everything beautiful in its time. Even the cruelest moment in history, the death of God's son Jesus Christ on the cross, was shown three days later to be a victory over the power of evil. God made even the cross beautiful in its time. And God will make your circumstances beautiful in his timing. And what we can't fathom right now, one day will be revealed. When we see God's plan unveiled in all of its splendor, his plan for an eternal kingdom that can never again be tainted by sin, a place where death and mourning are no more, where all wrongs are made right. That is the future that God has promised for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if that's your future, then you can confidently embrace whatever comes next in your life. Whether it's good or evil, joy or sadness, you can trust that God is working for your good. Shall we thank him for that now? Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your great plan, you have ordained seasons, you've ordained us to be born and to die. Father, help us to have a glimpse of your plan and to trust that whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, they are completely under your sovereign control. Father, as we look to returning to some semblance of normal, Father, help us to trust deeply in your Son, uh, to find ourselves rooted in you, uh, to be learning from your word, to be trusting that your spirit will carry us along 
And Father, help us to share the hope that we have of Jesus Christ, the hope of eternal life, the hope of all of our circumstances one day being made wonderful and beautiful in your timing. Father, help us to share that with our neighbours and our friends and our family in the Napa Valley and beyond so that Jesus will be glorified and so that as your people we can live in the world uh, just loving and trusting you. We pray this to the glory of Jesus alone. Amen.